episode 986. Wow. It is the Relevant Podcast here in Orlando. I'm your host, Cameron Strang. And joining me from Loverland, Virginia, it's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Austin, Texas, author, speaker, podcaster, Jamie Ivey. Hey, guys. Fully back from the sabbatical, by the way. Uh, And from, I guess, today, she's in Colorado Springs, Colorado, our very own downtown Emily Brown. Hey, y'all. Emily, uh, listeners know that you have, for the last year, been gallivanting around the globe, and it's a daily exercise to figure out where you are working from. Uh, why are you in Colorado? Um, because it is too hot to be in Texas. Uh, Jamie, my heart goes out to you. I couldn't do it. I had to escape to the mountains. It's so nice. I'm wearing fuzzy socks right now. Like, Oh, gosh. It's so nice out here. I'm so sorry to everyone in the heat. I just couldn't do it. <laughs> it is so hot. Like we like to take our dogs for walks at night and we're like, how late? Like it's like the sun is nearly setting by the time we can mm-hmm. actually get outside and get a lap in around the neighborhood before like me, Aaron and the dogs don't die. It's so hot right now. It's like what, what's hot. What's Texas hot? Yeah. Like, what is it? It was like 112. Yeah. I mean, it's been way over a hundred for lots and lots of days in a row. Mm-hmm. I, I want to know, like, what happened with misters? Like, I feel like during COVID, we have a lot of misters around because people are eating outside, you know? Are you saying people are just too casual calling each other by their first name and they're not saying <laughs> Mr. Carey? I think, Mr. I think Carey. with everyone sweating all the time in this heat and, yeah. you know, people just, you know, wearing less, we need to get more, we need to make it up with formality somewhere and just have misters. <laughs> okay. Mr. Mr. No, no. When I was at Disney, the, like, I took my family to Disney a while ago and it was, the 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 most thrilling ride was or is anyone going to pass out here uh, mm-hmm. just just from heat exhaustion <laughs> like you know that that was the big you know again can we just or or squirt guns like can we, everyone squirt just guns. like can we just make the best of a bad situation can there just be buckets of water balloons like on corners where you could just pick it up and throw it at pedestrians there's got to be some i mean this is a look I, I i get these are scary times we're living in and you know <laughs> why not why not squirt guns and why not have a city that's just a very forward-thinking mayor if i were mayor this is what i would do i'd I have oh, a beat the heat Beat the heat blocks where it's just ongoing water fights where you could just walk in and out of all day. I, I think it would do a great a lot for morale well, and keep I, people a little cool. Jesse, you are aware that the entire west half of the U.S. is in a historic drought. Lake yeah. Mead, the Hoover Dam, is like the the pipes at the bottom of the lake are getting exposed because the water level is... Yeah. At a dangerous so low level. Water, yeah, you can't have blocks where you're just shooting water in the air. The, it all goes back yeah. right to the ground. Come on, right into the no, right it doesn't. The... It evaporates. Okay, I have a question then, Cameron. Who's been to Rome? I know Cameron has. I have a couple times. Emily, mm-hmm. Jesse. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Cameron in Rome. This was one of the things that was most like crazy to me. There's just water fountains everywhere. Like yeah. you just literally bring a cup or put your face under it or your body under it, whatever, mm-hmm. over the entire city. I don't mean to be dumb here, but where does that water come from? Where does it go? Like our first thought was like, can we drink this? And then everyone's drinking it. So we did. Like, wh- how do they get to do that? And we can't do that here in Austin. They have that um, in a lot of cities in Europe. Paris has that too. Um, they have like a water system that, that it like the water it's amazing. pulls from. Yeah, it's um, like a lot of cities. I know Paris especially. They are very oh. proud of how clean their water is because there's all okay. these water fountains you can just go and use. And it's not like, is, which is so funny because in America, there's so many places that it's like, don't drink the tap water. It will kill you, <laughs> which I think we, someone should really get on that. I don't know who Listen, we need to get in contact with. Why don't for with, my but... water fight idea, if we just use seawater, we got plenty there of that and that's rising. We're getting more of that. Like Indiana is not going to be able to pull from the ocean, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Pipes, water fight pipes. If we learned anything from the Romans, Emily, you build huge yeah. aqueducts Listen. all over the continent yeah, and share ramp. the water. It's a slight it's ramp from the, Indi- from the Atlantic Ocean all the way Straight into, into Indiana. Indiana. Just a slight, <laughs> slight little trickle. <laughs> by, the way, by the way, guys, I don't, know, I don't know if you guys have seen the latest in water balloon technology. I used to hate water no. balloon fights when I was a kid because... There's nothing worse than spending an afternoon filling up a bucket of water balloons that you, you spend the entire day filling them up and then it's, it's done within like five minutes of the water fight. 
right? Yeah. And 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 half of them burst on you when you're trying to tie them. You guys right. understand what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Totally. Oh, yeah. yeah. Have Are you, you talking about the ones now where you just hook it up to the end of a hose and it fills up a hundred balloons at the same day. time? Yeah, they have it too easy. They have it way yeah. too easy. It's you're not filling up water balloons unless you're spraying them all over you the whole time and you get <laughs> blisters on your fingers. These ones yeah. we just hook up to the hose and all of a sudden you've yeah. got like forty water balloons. Yeah, it's it's depriving kids. I know I sound like an old man here, but we're going to end up with a snowflake generation that never learned to tie a water balloon. And, and then we're going to be in a lot of trouble. We're going to be in a lot of trouble. You know, it's a valuable life skill. You got to learn it. It really is. It really is. If, but I, I like my solution for beating the heat, which is just I like your fight. solution, too. I you know what I did? I moved into this house however many years ago and it's on a lake. Right. And I thought to myself, why would I pay to water my lawn? with city water when there's a lake right there. Mm -hmm. So I had them run a tube, a pipe from the lake up to my irrigation pump and I'm just pumping like lake water. And you can do that? That's okay? No cop has told me not to. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I got a company to do it. So I'm just pumping lake water all over the place and it's free. So like, hey, Jesse, I'll set up a a front yard spray station. No one owns the lake. Just like no one owns the ocean. (laughs) (laughs) My water trust is much as anybody's. Just drive by my house, cool off for free. We're all good. Yeah, That's Mm -hmm. what we should do. But yeah, ocean water. Italy's surrounded by ocean water. Let's just spray just ocean slip and slides i mean like i said we gotta do something with the seawater it's creeping up on us we all know that <laughs> is the ramp now going to be a slip and slide from the ocean yes. to indiana you can slip and slide down the ramp oh all it's the way slowly, I mean, it's very it's a clean, slowly it's a transportation system too like instead of making a road trip you're just like all right right i got an inner tube uh i'll see you guys in about six days and i'll be but in there's indiana nothing worse than getting stuck on a slip and slide where you can't move <laughs> you're like get it and then you stop yeah yeah, we're like, we need more baby oil. A little off-ramp. Baby oil? What are you doing on a slip and slide? Well, you know, you can throw baby oil on it to get you sliding faster. Yeah, dishwash soap. You don't do baby water. <laughs> Biodegradable Dawn is what you use. Okay, well, whatever, whatever you want to use. Kills, she kills her entire lawn. It's just covered in oil. My like, aqueduct, it's just my rules. And the rules are, there are no rules. Whatever you want to throw up there, I don't care. I don't care. Just keep it moving. I've, well, I guess oil and water don't mix, so the oil would just stay separated the whole way, I guess. Yeah, I mean, the more we That's talk about this, the more, I don't know why Pete Budahedge, our transportation secretary, and erecting water slide aqueducts all over this grand country. <laughs> I'm sure he's going to hear this and yes. sure implement yeah, this. Yeah, Some of the most fun we've had at this house is there is a big hill in the backyard that goes into the lake. It's, so I bought, I went on Alibaba or whatever and bought like a 200 foot long tarp, like a rubber, you know, plastic tarp. And it's like a mega slip and slide. It's like 50 feet wide and 200 feet long. And we just go up at the top and I put like all these hoses at the top and all this Dawn you know, uh, a soap on it. And then I got these little like surfboard inner tubes that has like two handles, like kickboard type style, but mm-hmm. you blow them up. And so we have a whole bunch of those and you just go up to the top of the hill and just right down and you end up in the lake. And then like, oh, it's just so much, it's so much fun. You want to wear out a bunch of kids. Put right. a big old tarp in your backyard. Yeah. That's all you it's need. It's not like when we were kids and we set up the slip and slide, we never really had the foresight to think about where it's ending. And it would yeah. always be a little close to the driveway because you want to <laughs> yeah. go the length of the front yard. Yeah. And you're not going to yeah. run across the driveway in bare feet. See, but right. it was not- really, could you barrel roll off of the side of the slip and slide <laughs> before it just ends up with road rash, all, you know, Oof. down the driveway? See, I'm not paying for that slip and slide brand name markup. You Make know what I'm saying? I'm going online. You just get a plastic tarp. Give me a hose. We're good to go. You know, I'm old school. We've done it. Oh, yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, uh, we are joined by one of our favorite bands, the Mountain Goats. I know when you saw the episode name, you were curious if we were doing a petting zoo. Well, Tyler sent me a, he sent me a thing a while ago, said, hey, will you interview Mountain Goats? And I was like, uh, I, I guess that and, would be fascinating. <laughs> that would be fascinating. And you I just came back with shimmy up hours there. of tape. From my local petting zoo, and <laughs> it's unusable. Um, but uh, you should have been more specific. That's yeah, on Tyler. That, that's very, on Tyler. Were they exactly. not cooperating with you? No, it's just their political opinions are okay. shocking. <laughs> shocking. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah no, they were them. cooperative. I just, I just was pretty offended by some of the. Yeah, some of too the hot takes. for yeah. podcasting. Got it. Was, Got mountain it. goats. They're horrible, horrible creatures. Uh, they're coming up later. Also, we have your feedback at the end of the show. But stay tuned. Right now, Tyler joins us. 
for Relevant Buzz. Oh, son of David, have mercy on me. Listening to Ryan Ellis featuring Brandon Lake. The song is Son of David. Season four of The Chosen is in theaters now, and the reviews that count are in. Amazing. Did not disappoint. Flurry of emotions. It was powerful, heartbreaking, uplifting. You have got to come and see it. It is a message for everybody. I highly recommend that you come out and see The Chosen season four. Episodes one through three of The Chosen season four are in theaters till February 14th. So visit thechosenriseup.com and get your tickets now. That's thechosenriseup.com for tickets today. Okay, it's time for... Relevant Buzz. Please welcome uh, Relevant Senior Editor Tyler Huckabee, checking in from our outpost in Paris, France. (laughs) Bonjour, Tyler. Bonjour, everybody. The Paris office. (laughs) We're live and kicking. Hey, have, has the Paris has the Paris office gotten any AC installed? Or, no. Yesterday, yesterday, I sent him a message. I wanted to chat with him real quick, and he was like, and then a minute later, he's like, I need to find a shirt. So, like, he was so hot. I was like, take your time, buddy. It's all good. How are you? We were just talking about it's, it's how true. we're beating it's, heat it's here, true. which is stealing uh, municipal water. Uh-huh for our own purposes and possibly constructing a very elaborate aqueduct slash slip and slide system <laughs> nationwide nationwide smart i want smart. To, i want to let you Sounds know how smart. americans are thinking yeah. obviously very ingi- you know we're known for our ingenuity we're thinking uh, like romans what are you talking about we're not we're not inventing anything with how, how are you parisians beating the heat the, i can only speak for this parisian because I, I stay, you know, I stayed pretty locked up in my house all day. Today, today, we're recording this on, on the 20th. The heat has broken here for now. So today feels pretty good. Yesterday, uh, the couple, a couple of days beforehand, it got a little toasty here. We used a, f- a few things at our disposal, including what they, what the, what the French call a swamp cooler, which I had never heard of. Okay. But, but we bought one of these and it is a, it looks kind of like an air conditioning unit. But it's a fan, and you pour ice water in the back of it, and then the fan like blows the ice water, at, like the the steam that comes off that water. Basically, it almost blows like into your apartment. Yeah, almost. Like I don't a know mystery. if it worked. Thank you. I don't know if it was a. Yeah, it was. It was like, but you don't even get the mist. Really, it's just like basically like you do i did hear some weird like hacks for beating the heat here you could tell these people aren't really used to this heat somebody was saying like eat four pints of ice cream during the day and that'll <laughs> cool your body off they in just the wanted evening. An and they were serious this cream. was this was their idea i think it was i think listen if there's like, one thing, i did it if there's one thing i know about trying to stave off heat exhaustion and heat stroke it's you want to have as much dairy in your belly <laughs> as possible at all exactly yeah 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 what a a fantastic decision that is (laughs) milk was a very bad choice yeah yesterday was uh when we recorded this yesterday was record-setting heat uh all time Uh in uh london which isn't far from paris and paris was melting i saw that the royal air force had to shut down one of their bases because the the planes couldn't take off because the runway melted Literally, yeah. the Air Force runway oh melted in the UK. It's obviously like yeah. it is. It is no joke. Uh, a lot of death. A lot of animals not making it. It's really, really sad. Yeah, it is. You you can see you can Google images and you should because they are pretty pretty haunting of like traffic lights melting in the heat in uh in Paris and there's of course wildfires here mm-hmm. in France in the south of France quite quite a ways from Paris so I'm not having to deal with it just yet but but we're ma- we're making light of it and people are joking about it here in in uh in Europe which is kind of the European way obviously but it is obviously very very serious and uh and uh the result of. Warnings that have been sounding for decades. Uh, too bad. It would have been nice if, you know, would have been nice if somebody had heeded those warnings, but uh, too late now. So no use crying over spilled milk, especially cool when we're using eyes. all that milk. Yeah. Yeah. Try I mean, to stay cool. It's the one chance <laughs> exactly. we have. It's just everyone on earth just drink insane amounts of milk and then we'll all get through this. Gross. If, 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 if uh, center left slash progressive politicians had any strategic smarts, 
it would be this week right now that they'd all be pushing through climate change legislation because everybody can go. Yeah, right. I don't like this. Yeah. Let's yeah. let's do better. With, I, I don't like, want my like, runway melting. Push it in October when everybody's like, "It's lovely outside. This isn't a crisis." Yeah. You know Instead, what I mean? Like, they, they need to do it right now. Having their most boring guy release like a PowerPoint documentary. Documentary fifteen years too early. Thanks a lot. <laughs> right. Thank you. Bad strategy. <laughs> <laughs> He was he was coming off of a high. He had just invented the internet. He was he was on a hot streak. He felt really good about it, and then the whole thing just crashed into the ground. Speaking <laughs> speaking of relevant buzz, tell us what else is going on in two thousand three. Yeah, <laughs> right, messenger. Yeah, yeah, that's all right. <laughs> that's what we're talking about here. Well, the first thing I want to talk about, and this is uh, and th- this is kind of, have you guys seen any of this or heard of a new social media platform called Be Real? Uh, one, one of those one word things be real b-r-r-e-a-l yeah, emily i know you it. have emily's our emily as our as our gen z I, our zillennial reporter i learned about it i learned about it by reading yeah. relevantmagazine.com this week so thank you for keeping me in the know perfect but i would not have known prior to that <laughs> that that that's emily and i had like seen some memes about it but i didn't really understand it was like this is a thing that I don't understand. So I, I wasn't really sure. And Emily did a, a great write up over at Relevant. You can go read about it there because it is interesting. But I wanted to get you guys' thoughts on this uh, because it is sort of an interesting counter. It's very counter to every other social media platform that's out there right now. And it's becoming quite popular. So Be Real is a, uh, the, the way it works. And Emily, you can correct me if I got any of this okay. wrong, but I'm pulling from your notes. Oh, so hopefully right. they're not too wrong. Um, <laughs> um be real is uh is apparently it's, it's operating as kind of like a casual instagram a way of taking out the curation the filters the way that you can sort of make your life look a lot better than it is this is deliberately structured to make you make your life as real and unfiltered and unedited as possible on social media no filters no uploads each day if you're a user if you're a be real user you receive a notification that gives you a two-minute window to post one photo. So you have a window that comes out of you out of the blue. You don't know what's going to happen. You got to be ready for it. You have two minutes to post. And when you post, the app uses your front and rear facing camera to capture a full picture of what you're actually doing. So it takes a picture of your face, takes a picture of what's behind the camera, where you're at. It posts them together and then it just posts that to social media. That's, that is the only thing you can do on Be Real right now. You cannot see how many followers you have. You cannot see likes. You cannot see, there's no comment section there's no interaction it is purely a social media app it's designed to show people who follow you exactly what you're doing on any given day and that is be real so that emily did i get that mostly right is that the general idea but they're not visible like you have to click something to see them so it really is as you scroll it you just see photos oh okay i see all right right. okay so you so you get the notification once you open the notification, you have two minutes to post a photo. I might not see the notification till 30 minutes after I got the notification. I can still post, but once I open the app, you then have two minutes to post. So, oh, okay. So, so theoretically, like, you could run, if you know there's a notification, you could run out to the pool. Sure. Kick, kick, kick your shoes off, prop up, get, get your, get your like cool book out, your, your Edith Wharton yeah. novel or, out or something like that and take that. So theoretically, you could do it like that yeah. if you wanted to game like, the system. I, I, that's good to know because like if you get the notification, let's say 30 minutes after you had lunch at Taco Bell. Exactly. You yeah. don't roll the dice. You don't roll I don't the want dice. To I don't want to be picture. I don't do I I I'm very conscious what happens 30 minutes after a Taco yeah. Bell meal because the outcome can be very unpredictable. It's <laughs> just good rule. Yeah. I have shut my phone off. I've turned off the lights in the house. I've pulled the blinds. Yeah. We're, we're yeah, settling in. Well, I, got, I got a window about 45 minutes where I need to lay low and just know the proximity to the the restroom. And, you know, maybe I need a glass of water in case I start getting the meat sweats. Yeah. Or milk. Yeah, or milk. Not if not it's milk. hot. I think, oh, I think you're, you're, hatching a, you're, hatching a, you're hatching an idea for an even better social media app called Too Real. So it's like Be Real Plus. Too Real. You where you, where you really, it's yeah. really unfiltered to the yeah. point where you're like, I wish I wish there was a filter here. There, I, I, would, I would love for there to be a filter, it's, it's but it can't. It sounds happen. more like an interesting social experiment than it does like a usable social media platform to me. Like, I do think, like, yeah. 
like let's Uh let's strip away all the stuff that people complain about from instagram but also all the stuff they secretly love about it you know what i mean and see here you go now do you it's it's like Uh you know they they put pudding at the end of a salad bar for a reason right like (laughs) you could say you could tell yourself you want that salad bar you know and i'm doing the healthy option but when i look at at the end you got a big slather of pudding on the corner of the plate and and about half of the things on your salad are like diced up ham cubes right like <laughs> who, who are you kidding here okay just go to you, you, you get you get the analogy though it. right like yeah. you can tell yourself here you know i, I do know. yeah you're right, you're right. <laughs> hopefully it works you know maybe it was launched by meta maybe but they're behind it so Secretly, you're saying no, it wasn't. You don't know what the shadow companies are doing, but the idea of them saying, "Oh, you're you don't like our algorithm and what we've done to Instagram." Well, here's the other option, and it's so bad that everybody's like, "Okay, never mind. We don't want that. We love Instagram now." Maybe they're doing it to make themselves right. look better. That's what I think. There you go. This is mm-hmm. actually making me like Instagram even less. Oh, so like I have interesting. A, I have a are you on be real Emily I am yeah and I actually have a friend who this is now the only social media she uses she got off every, like she was already off everything else she had Instagram and now she's like I don't want to go on Instagram again um so it is like it is funny because probably 90% of like my feed when I scroll through it like everyone's just either at work or like watching a movie on their couch. Like it is very casual. Um, but it is also really good to remember not everyone. Like I, I mean, I did post on Instagram yesterday that I took a walk through the mountains for my B rail. It was me sitting like at this desk with my computer. And it's like, that's what my day looks like most of the time for an hour. My life looked walking through a mountain, but the other 23 hours I was in this, you know, like, so it's just a good working at one of the most exciting media companies. In the world, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. A, that's yes. pretty cool. Pretty cool. <laughs> Sorry to break the illusion. No, but but isn't that part of the uh, and, and 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 I'm just playing devil's advocate here to a degree. But isn't that part of like if Go I for it. I I get it. Most people's day to day lives are pretty boring. That's why Instagram works is because it just shows us the high the interesting parts. Like you know what I mean? Like I'm in a Zoom all d- like mm-hmm. I, I spend a lot of time in Zoom meetings or on phone calls. Most of the time, I'm looking at people staring at a screen, Mm -hmm. looking back at me, right? Like, I feel like I, when I scroll, it's usually just for some sort of escapism from sort of the mundanity. Again, there's probably, look, hey, good for them to to, to find like a contrarian sort of uh, uh, a way to share your life. I just question, I just question the, you know, how much reach it's actually going to have. Not that I'm like trying to disparage it. It's it's a gimmick. It got a headline. It'll be done in a month. Not in a month, but I mean, it's just not going it, to. It's cool. I it's worth talking about. Off. It's worth talking about. I do wonder if there's like a halfway house. Like, could there be a middle? Could this spark some sort of middle ground? Like, we've we've known. Wait, wait, and we've are talked you saying about social media app for former addicts and convicts? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, that's, no, I didn't mean that kind of halfway oh, house. Oh, oh, oh. I didn't mean that kind of halfway. I meant a, I meant a a midway point between Instagram, which we know has sort of a it has mental has like a, has caused mental health issues in its users because of unrealistic body types and expectations of what their lives can look like and uh and be real which maybe is a uh, is a little too is a little too bland to really take off in a serious way but i would like to see more brands finding ways to push back and uh, you know and actually try to help their users so maybe this could be a start step in that direction i don't know i'm not on be real not yet um Speaking of be real, did you see the the story where a little boy picked up his dad's phone and posted a photo on Instagram of his face? He's like smiling, but his dad's naked <laughs> no. in the shower behind him. <sighs> no, be a little too real. Too real, y'all. Yeah. First yeah. of all, Terrible. why did you? Why do you follow that account? Number one, <laughs> I uh, saw it on a news source. I saw it on a news source. Number two, I thought Instagram blocked photos like that. I well, thought they, that, eventually, right? You have to flag it. Oh, so Jamie, you screenshotted it right away. You were like, oh, this, this will get, oh, 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 oh. It was like getting passed around. I did not oh, see oh, this. Oh, no, oh, oh. I did not see it. Um, inter- you know, kind of like he was being real. That's all that was happening. Just yeah, not, yeah, no, too real. Was on too real. Yeah. yeah. yeah too real. Very yeah. real. Yeah. Being uh-huh. a little real. Yeah, too real. Yeah. Be real plus. <laughs> Be real after dark. <laughs> 
<laughs> I texted y'all a photo. I texted y'all a screenshot of it. So I mean, please oh, don't. Great. Oh, great. Oh, great. Now <laughs> I'm in the flag. It's on the, do that. It's on the news. It's this cute little kid, but look behind him and his dad's naked in the shower. Let's my, not. My covenant eyes is, my covenant <laughs> yeah. eyes is going to be my popping You just made my messages out. Get flagged. This is what we're like. There's my pastor. He just texted me. You're going to be getting a call from, going to be getting a call from pastor anytime now. Jamie, I looked at it. I found my new French pastor. All right. What else do you have, Tyler? All right. Uh, d- just as a quick warning, this this next story isn't is not dark, but it does uh, does discuss self harm, and uh, and so I want to make people aware of that in case you're sensitive to that. Uh, just say that off the top. Um, so I want to talk about Constance Wu, uh, Constance Wu, actress in Crazy Rich Asians, also the star of Fresh Off the Boat. Uh, now, a few years ago, you might remember Emily, and I'm sure you remember as our celebrity gossip columnist. I keep pulling you in to, to do tag team on this, but you probably do. You remember the the little bit of controversy when Constance Wu got kind of like mildly dogpiled in 2018. Do you remember what happened there? Yeah, she, so fresh off the boat had gotten renewed and she, I tweeted, I believe, and she just was not thrilled about it because, um, because of its renewal, she was, she had to pass on a passion project that she really wanted to. And people, the passion of the Christ. No, (laughs) I don't think she was going to be Jesus. Um, (laughs) The reboot. She's, she's mother, Mar- Mar- mother Mary. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, um, but a lot of the people. Project. <laughs> a lot of people just absolutely flamed her for and said she was being ungrateful and that she should think of like you know if the show had gotten canceled, so many other people would lose their jobs. Like, just were very, yeah. very yeah. rude to her. It was very hard to watch. It, it was a, it was it was a few. It was like a few days of kind of yeah. blasting for being a little out of touch or coming across as elitist. And then like so many of yeah. these things do, you know, it's here and gone. No, nobody would have, would have remembered it. And, and for a few days you feel like everybody on the internet hates you and then, and then it's over. Well, she went off the internet at that time and, uh, and has, and was off the internet then for a few subsequent years. She came back just a few days ago and told what had happened in the, in the subsequent years and that she had heard, uh, not only from everybody on the internet, but also from some of her colleagues in Hollywood and the acting profession, uh, that she was being very, very ungrateful said, uh, that she should, she didn't deserve her part, that she didn't deserve to have a job in Hollywood. And she said that she attempted suicide following that, that, uh, that she was so down and so distressed over it she said fortunately a friend found her took her to the emergency room and fortunately she was alive and this is i think this is and she now she's said she's back she's ready to try acting again she's writing written a book about the experience she said and this is a quote um it ignited outrage and internet shaming that was very severe i felt awful about what i'd said and when a few dms from fellow asian actresses told me i'd become a blight on the asian american community i started feeling like i didn't even deserve to live anymore mm. wow. i was a disgrace to asian americans mm-hmm. and they'd be better off without me um so that that was the that's the story that she's trying to tell right now and you do i think this is something that's just so hard to remember in these internet pylons Mm -hmm. is that person on the other side of it and you just don't know what mental health state they're in and if they're prepared to handle Mm -hmm. those sorts of dunks the the ratios that can oftentimes be you know good natured if you don't know them or you're just having a good time kind of joining in the person of the day tag game that everybody plays on social media but uh but for somebody like constance Wu, who certainly seemed to have it all together has a good career going is working in hollywood uh it very nearly cost her her life and uh and it's really i know we talk about this a lot but it is really really important to remember the flesh and blood people on the other side of these internet conversations and how easily these things can go awry and, and, and i mean it never ceases to be like the weird little human nature impulse especially the one that is amplified by probably by social media algorithms just because they uh you know whether intentionally designed that way or just by default of them attracting a lot of attention but it's like here is a person i've never met in an industry i almost i know almost Mm -hmm. nothing about involved in a situation that affects my life in no way possible Here's my meanest take about them. It's like, why? What is this info? Mm-hmm. Where does it come from? Like, who cares? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes, too, like people think, oh, you know, she's famous. Like, I get to tell her yeah. what I want mm-hmm. to, to her to do or to think about her because she's famous. Like, I think people do that with professional athletes as well. Like, okay, you make like $100 billion a year. You have to talk to me when I see you in, in you know, mm-hmm. the store because... 
you work for me, which is like this weird way that Mm -hmm. I would call us just like normal pedestrian people here. Look at famous people and think you owe me something because you're famous. Uh And it's like you said, we're just forgetting. That's actually just a real life person who, if they had a be real app, they would just be sitting at their computer too, you know, throughout the day. Just, I mean, obviously they have the, some parts of their life that are glamorous, but most of them would probably say like, I hate that part. I hate the glamorous stuff. Like I just want to be with my family and do a normal person's life. So yeah, I I hate it. Yeah. I mean, there was an entire episode of the Kardashians where they, they very excitedly went to the grocery store and got their car washed like normal people. Mm. It was the first time they'd done that in years. (laughs) How fun. (laughs) We're like the normies. I was like, come on. (laughs) I do. But even that stuff is like, like the, this things that, Kim Kardashian probably has gotten said to her and about her on social media channels would probably freeze the blood to ice yeah. in our veins oh, if we oh, could oh, see like 0.05 percent mm-hmm. of it, you know. And it, it's and and that sort of stuff. They've grown up in it, and I'm sure they have people, you know, multiple layers of filters between them and the worst of that type of content. But uh, but it is still. And she she said something that I thought was was really good at the end of the note. She said, "Asian Americans don't talk about mental health enough. We're quick to celebrate representation wins, but there's a lot of avoidance around the more uncomfortable issues within our community. Even my tweets became a subject so touchy that most of my Asian American colleagues decided that was the time to avoid me or ice me out. I admit it hurt a lot." But it also made me realize how important it is to reach out and care for people who are going through a hard time. And uh, and that is, I, I don't think you'll ever regret if you suspect that somebody's going through something. If you have reason to believe that they've you know been through their own, whether it's being canceled online or just you know what you know to be a bad day. I, I don't think you ever regret reaching out and uh, and saying, "Hey, I hope you're doing well. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of you." And I'm um, I'm glad that she had friends in her life who could do it. I think it's also important to remember 2018 was actually a really big year for her. That was the year that Crazy Rich Asians came out, and that was a yeah. huge like win for the Asian American community. And so for all of these people to immediately jump on her and say like, well, you shouldn't have been like, there were people saying like, I wish someone else had been cast in that role. And it's like, we had like two months ago, we were just celebrating that she was bringing, you know, this story or she was part of bringing this story to the big screen. And now she Mm -hmm. shouldn't even like, you know, be in the credits. And she's like, she's the lead character in it, you know? And it's so, you know, we talk about, you don't know what people are going through. She arguably was at the top of her career. And even then, like the word, like getting piled on like that for mm. anybody, like it doesn't matter how high you are, you can come down so low very quickly. Mm. Um, and I think that's important to remember is that it's not just someone in their low being hit is going to be hard, but like you could have, you could be doing great and then have people, no one likes people commenting on them. Like, I don't know anybody that loves negative right. comments if they do they sure. they're lying um and so i think that's just really important to remember too that it's not just the people that are already in a low place but anybody can quickly get to a bad emily place. you can just tell me directly i apologize for the messages <laughs> i sent you on be real okay i'm sorry <laughs> you don't have to put me on blast like that god <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was. I the was whole concerned point. that you had Taco Bell thirty minutes ago, and you're posting on B. I'm sorry. Anyway, posted a B reel of my face and an oncoming car <laughs> while I was driving. I was behind <laughs> the really wheel. I was concerned. Episode. Well, it's like I, I guess I can spoil it because like six years old of of Black Mirror called Hated in the Nation that that deals. It was it was sort of apocryphal mm-hmm. because it came out like 2016, mm-hmm. I think. Um, have you guys seen that episode? Where uh, essentially, I have. Yes. and if you're looking for an interesting parable about the power of cancel culture, like the, the, the premise is people who start getting, who are the subject of this certain hashtag where, uh, you know, they, they've done something that outrages the public, whether deserving or undeserving or, or whatever degree of deserving, you know, and people start tweeting about them. Once the hashtag hits a certain level, that person dies this mysterious death. And it kind of comes out that, you know, like all things with Black Mirror, there's a lot of little tech stuff going on behind the scenes. But, you know, the government had made electronic bees that would replace the bees that are dying. But somehow the bees get involved in this algorithm and start targeting people who they think are targets of like collective hate. And but anyway, it's a really interesting parable about our tendency to, you know, inflict real like real world harm through what we see is just one harmless little tweet that kind of throws into the void. But in in that episode, obviously, you know, 
that's a that's a literal and a metaphor for you know tipping the scale of somebody's mental health and causing them real harm just because we like the satisfaction of pointing out other people's wrongs most likely just feel better about ourselves and 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 that's what i think the impulse that i think mm-hmm. you know needs to be kind of held in check sometimes jesse i think you got your shows mixed up i believe yeah. the yeah. the killer bees robots that the government controls i think that was in austin powers three i think mm. game domination i conflate i yeah. conflate a lot of the austin powers yeah, know, series with black mirror all the time yeah yeah, they're so similar. A lot of people remember the Mike Myers' affinity for uh, 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 thoughtful and often haunting parables <laughs> about the 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 human mod- the modern human condition <laughs> yeah. when infused with uh, <laughs> technological advances throughout his career. Uh, I, you know. Mm-hmm. Looking at you, love. <laughs> hey, I saw Master of Disguise. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What else do you have, Tyler? Anything? The, the final, yeah, the final one is just, uh, this is uh, always, always good to see this guy come back. Marcus Mumford is back. He he has Sons, Sons. It is just Marcus. Uh, he is doing a solo album that is called Self-Titled. And we have our first single. And here is a clip of it. But when I began to tell it became the hardest thing I ever said out loud The words got locked in my throat Man, I choked And this is what it feels like to be free Even though it follows back down Stares into the dark with me that song is called Cannonball, and there's a music video directed by some guy named Steven Spielberg that you can watch over at relevantmagazine.com. Steven Spielberg's first ever music video that he's ever done. Hopefully not his last. For, and hopefully not his last. I wonder if if he doesn't return to the to the Suns, could they just start a band called Mumford's Sons? Like possessive Mumford's Sons? I feel like oh, yeah, no, so. <laughs> they probably want to keep the brand together. And that seems like, well, technically you are Mumford's sons. Sure. If I were to believe the last band sure. name, you know, that sure. seems like a fair split for both parties. You know, yeah. his, when people, I mean, I'm talking like it's still 2011, but you know, a lot of the Mumford and Sons music, obviously a lot of people could extract spiritual tones in it. This feels Christian. I can't put my finger on it. Y'all know he's the whole family is Christian. They're hmm. like they're leaders PK, at Hol- right? a Holy Trinity of Brompton in London. They're in the worship scene. Just like Chris Martin from Coldplay, his entire family are worship leaders at the vineyard in London. And he's like the black sheep of the family because he's the only one that's not like vocationally at like working in the church. Is that really and- true? Yeah, 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 and Marcus Mumford is the same. He's not a black sheep. He goes to the church and stuff. He, but wow. that's their home church is Holy Trinity Brompton. So, like, you're you're not crazy when you feel the spiritual notes and Coldplay and Mumford music. It's it comes from their DNA. So, and it's weird now how every church is trying to sound yeah. like either Coldplay or Mumford and Sons, and they're the two that like came out. Of the- <laughs> we can't speak for the parents of the sons, though. They uh, they were in all kinds of. They were dabbling in all. <laughs> no, types no, of, no yeah. they're, they're they're ragamuffins <laughs> yeah. from the yeah, other side no of idea. the town. Yeah. No idea. They, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, there you go. That'll do it for Relevant Buzz. There's a whole lot more. We cover stuff all day, every day. Make sure to follow along at relevantmagazine.com and follow us on all the socials for the latest. Thanks, Tyler. Thanks, everybody. Au revoir. See you, man. Au revoir. All right. Stay tuned. Up next, the Mountain Goats join us. listening to Lenny Rayan. The song is Waste Your Time, which listening to this podcast does not do. Does not waste your time. Well, Relevant has a lot happening this year, and we don't want you to miss a thing. Make sure to sign up for our newsletter right there on the front page at relevantmagazine.com, and we'll send you our top five trending stories sent to your inbox every weekday. We'll also send you a weekly uh, podcast newsletter with the latest episodes, some uh, fan extras, and first peeks at the new shows that we're going to be rolling out throughout this year. Make sure to sign up. It's the best way to keep in touch with everything we got going on.
Well, our guest today is John Darnielle from the Mountain Goats. They're an indie folk band who've been making some of our favorite music for over 30 years now. John sat down with our very own Tyler Huckabee to talk about the importance of all the small choices we make in life, how he's choosing to forge his own path, and the CCM music he's really, really passionate about. You probably saw our feature with the Mountain Goats in the summer issue of Relevant, which is out now. We've been pushing it out over the last couple of weeks. Well, this is part of that conversation. Here is John Darniel from the Mountain Goats. did and I, and I don't I don't just say this right I wouldn't I, I wouldn't just kind of butter you up with this but I really enjoyed the album a lot I, I thought it was really really fun and it felt very oh, different I, it felt very different for me from other Mountain Goats albums but I'm it, it sounds like what I'm hearing you say is it was almost a return to form in some ways for the kind well, of no, at least the, writing the, that you used the to writing do the process is it's, the writing is different the recording is is, is in, in line with the last few where we uh-huh. always have a guest on you know and get some other people in the studio to inspire and stuff but I mean the thing is like it was also the conditions for writing it are completely unique in our uh, lives insofar as like we hadn't you know uh, we'd only seen each other for the, the live stream that we did uh, in the summer uh, and short of that, you know, we'd gone a whole year barely seeing each other at all. Whereas normally we see each other every six weeks, you know, it's like constant and we're on a tour and we're making music. And instead for, um, for nine or 10 months, we'd been at home. Right. And, uh, and that for all of us was very dislocating, right? Which is ironic because we were in the same location, but, but, uh, <laughs> but it was very dislocating. It was, it was, it was an arrest to, to this constant movement that we in the band have all been in for 10 or 15 or 20 or 25 years. And so we got back together in a house in the woods and it felt really amazing just before we even played a note of music. You know, it really just was great to be sort of uh, back in our, in our, you know, feeling the momentum again. And and that I think is, is what, what you really hear is real drive, you know, to make the record. And, uh, and, but I mean, there's other stuff in there too. It's also the Alicia produced it and there's some differences there. It's a different up tempo, right? I haven't done a record where there's like no down tempo songs at all in mm-hmm. a million years, if ever. <laughs> so I believe that was the only one with the tempo flags. Otherwise it's all fast stuff. Um, and these are all, it was sort of a, just something I felt like doing, you know, I sort of, I mean, it probably reflects some agitation in having been, you know, having been in the house for, for the better part of the year. feel like having had some time away both away from the road and and now being back getting ready to be back on it again there seems to me like as i've interviewed a lot of artists about this a, a sense of almost responsibility like people are coming to a show looking for something something that they haven't gotten in a little while uh, is that a responsibility that you feel or or, that, or is that a sense that you get from the people who come to a mountain goats show um, I mean, the feeling we got when we went back out a year ago last August was like people are really excited to hear live music. I mean, because uh-huh. live live music is is special and it's not reproducible, right? It's like you can't the best live album in the world is not the same as standing in a room where it happens, right? And so, uh, and you could feel it. The first show I remember what it was it was August the sixth uh, in Asheville, and uh, and people were just you could feel the electricity, you know. Uh, and it was during the Delta surge, so the first. Show was unmasked pretty much and by the third night it was getting gnarly so 
but yeah, no, there's a there's a, for everybody for us on stage and in the audience. There's an increased feeling of gratitude. That would be the ideal thing to take out of all this. If you know, when I say ideal, <laughs> with some bitterness because uh, that's not we're not going to get the ideal outcome from this. You know, but uh, but yeah, but the feeling of the feeling of gratitude to be to be back at it after not being able to do it, I think is is a shared feeling on either side of the apron. What is a, a life of of resistance, or or at least in your life, what is uh, learning to resist these these societal or cultural impulses? How does that how does that work? How do you even do that without driving yourself crazy or spending every day like going against the grain? No, well, that's the thing. I just live my life. I, I uh-huh. like everybody else. When I'm talking about these ideas, when I'm talking about ideas, right? I mean, uh-huh. and uh, but in my day to day. You know, I wake up and I do I, I do what's in front of me. You know, I, I, I cook or whatever. But but it's a bunch of. I mean, I think there's a line I keep referring to lately, um, and I can never. I'm pretty sure it's in mere Christianity, but it might be in the Screw Tape Letters, right? Where C.S. Lewis talks about all the small choices you make eventually shaping the person you become, right? Mm-hmm. Now, if he's talking about uh, whether you're going to be uh, wind up being acceptable to God or not, right? Uh, so that you know, making. And he, and he, he does a very attractive thing. I think it feels like it's in screw tape and not in Christianity, but I'm not sure. It's been a long time. Um, but, but what he's talking about is like, if you make the big choice to murder someone, right, that may or may not tell me much about you. Right. It might have been a bad time in your life. You might have been on a lot of drugs. You might have been defending yourself. You might up committing murder. That's terrible. Right. But if you every day choose to be a little petty, right, if you every day uh, deny somebody a little help that you could give at no cost to you, no real cost to yourself, right, you are going to become a much worse person than the guy who murdered somebody one time. Right? Mm. By by the time you're 50, you're going to be an unpleasant person to be around. Everybody will know it. Right? It's like, and, and you will have a hard time getting back to be the person that you, you know, that presumably you would want to be, like a, a person about whom people say, "Well, he's generous. He's, you know, a, a good person with with decent values." Whereas the person who murdered somebody once, yeah, a lot of people say, well, "That guy's just a murderer." But you know, this is why we talk about circumstances. This is why when we frame justice issues, we have to we have to look at at bigger pictures than than just what was the crime. Because you know, the choices you make every day, the person you will become, whether you believe in some afterlife or not, I think that seems almost self evident, right? That like mm-hmm. every day, the way you choose to react in the moment to whatever, right? Raskolnikov felt sick, but he couldn't say why. When he saw his face reflected in his victim's twinkling eye Some things you'll do for money, and some you'll do for fun But the things you do for love are gonna come back to you one by one One thing that I really do admire all about your storytelling and that I think is very difficult to do, um, at least very difficult for a lot of people in my, you know, I am a, we write for a faith-based outlet. So it seems like a lot of the writing that we get, this, the narratives that we get, the storytelling that we get comes with sort of a prepackaged idea. Like there's almost a sermon that they're trying to fool you into thinking that it's not a sermon, but you can kind of hear it in there. And uh, if you, to listen to your music when you do this sort of these sort of narratives for it to be just pure storytelling which is what i often feel like it is i don't get the sense of an agenda behind it i think that is kind of hard and i think it's increasingly rare and i'm wondering if that's deliberate on your part or if that's something that you feel as well well what i would say is that i trust that any any um Anything I have to say, you know, any, any any editorial point that I might be making as a person behind it will come through in the story. I would dispute that it's all literally like neutral storytelling. I would say most of these stories do have some sort of, I wouldn't say a message, but there's an angle, right? There's uh-huh. something like, okay. especially First Blood on here, that's like, that almost, that, that almost is a protest song, right? Um, uh-huh. But all of them have, you know, I mean, any, any text, if you read a little bit, you say, well, where's the text coming from? Where Where is the narrator? How does the narrator think? And what does the author think of the narrator, right? These are, these are with Mount Good stuff, what does the narrator think? And what does John think of the narrator? These are important questions, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I, so I don't think it's a, it's a it's a pure storytelling. However, I also think it's important that that you be able to receive it at that level, right? I don't want it to be didactic. I don't want it. Uh-huh. I don't want to be telling a story where you go, oh, 
I'm only hearing this story so he can get his point across. Well, that's uh-huh. a weak story. If you, if you, you know, I mean, plenty of people are never going to apprehend the point of a story, whether it's a book or whatever. So, so you should tell a story in such a way that it can just be entertainment, right? But also, I think most of these have uh, most of these songs have have a few a few layers um, beyond just getting a story through. I'm doing this for revenge. That was John Darnielle from the Mountain Goats. You can read our full interview with him in the summer issue of Relevant. It is available for free. Just click the magazine tab at relevantmagazine.com. It's presented by our friends at World Vision. Okay, stay tuned up next. Let's hear your feedback. I woke up, dancing up, look in the mirror, brush off the dust, talk to me nice, don't interrupt, don't need to settle. You're listening to Blanca and Jacqueline Carr. The song is New Day. All right, it's time for your feedback. Last week, we got talking about the scandalous Virginia state flag, the only R-rated flag in our fair nation. Mm-hmm. It's similar. It's akin to the photo that Jamie sent all of us while we've been recording this podcast of the dad in the shower. It's it's that scandalous. It's it's Jamie Ivy level scandalous, if, if you hear what I'm saying. So got us thinking about state flags and redesigning state flags to be more accurate to your state. We, we asked you, if you could redesign your state flag, what would you include to correctly represent your state? You hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast. Here's a few of our favorites. I like Bertos. He gave he gave two here. One for Florida, which his flag would be a man in, ca- in a camo hat swinging an alligator around by the tail. Seems very <laughs> apropos. You know, I think for most parts of the state, uh, I could see that on a flag. Or maybe a statue when you cross over the border. A big bronze. Yeah. An animatronic statue. Welcome. Welcome. I feel like if I saw that flag. Is it a rotating statue or is it a stationary statue? Like if it rotates because he's swinging. Uh, Yeah, I I feel like in Florida, they're going to go. I mean, you got Disney there. We'll get the animatronic wizards who did the House of Presidents and just get them on this. And uh, maybe we can take little slow motion boat rides around it, too, just for the fun of it, because that's the half of Disney now. Um, And uh, the other one Berto said was the Massachusetts logo would be the logos of all the sports teams laughing at everyone else's teams. Whatever, Berto. I'm sick (laughs) of you Boston people. I agree. But it is kind of true. Yeah, I just got it. Um, I liked Tim Jacobson's for North Dakota, a flag representing our two seasons, construction and winter. And <laughs> I, it's just very interesting that those are apparently the, I've never been to North Dakota. All the cold states are like that, Emily. It's like, it's like they have nine months of winter. And so literally, if you need to do anything in life this year, you got three months. <laughs> we got to build a house. It's like makeover, extreme makeover home edition. They are popping those houses up. Construction oh, yeah. season. It, Oh yeah! Wow, Montana's like that too. Yep. I I like that one. <laughs> I like I like this one where uh, I guess it, Beverly. This is like a this is like a yeah. Colbert show joke. Uh, how about all of our governors behind bars? Beverly <laughs> <laughs> was. Yeah, I feel like the Monopoly get thoughts. out of jail free guy uh-huh. with like blood she boy. Like a wait, wait don't yeah. tell me level yeah. pun. <laughs> like you know, like it's a yeah. Saturday morning NPR game show pun. Uh, Noah Noah Gerties yeah. says the Wisconsin state flag would just be a large rectangular block of cheese with a mug of beer in the middle. I like it. Oh. That seems that right. Sounds, that sounds like flag. A, a, a lunch. Yeah. yeah that sounds what lunch? I, I know exactly what, what state What lunch is, is a block of cheese and a mug of beard? Jamie. Listen, I love cheese so much. 
Jamie, and does that not sound like an awesome <laughs> lunch to you? Like, yes. If someone orders you that and be like, hey, you get it. This is your lunch day. Be like, what cheese a Cheese and beer. Okay. Well, you're talking about like those blocks, like those rectangular blocks of cheese you can buy at the grocery store. Like you just eat it. Like you just peel back the thing. You just. I mean, if it's real. Listen, I just was in Italy. If it's really good cheese, I'm just going to get me a little cheese slicer and just. I would ask for some crackers, but you I know, there's that. Yeah. I get yeah. it. Yeah, put some nachos. Get some. You can. You can go nacho. You can go a nacho route. You can yes. go. I mean, you can go cream of broccoli soup if you want. Just melt some broccoli in the mix. You know, it's a very versatile meal. You're just one ingredient away from like yeah. five fantastic meals. You get grilled cheese in there. You can get pretzels. Whatever. All right, Bob uh, said for Indiana, a race car painted like a basketball stuck in traffic. Which I love people coming out here, like throwing heat at their state. Like, man, the traffic's too bad here, apparently, in Indiana, is well, what he's kind of saying. I so guess. much so we need to put it on the state flag. Yes. I can't tell. I can't <laughs> Along tell. With if, North Dakota. I can't tell if Sarah <laughs> is tweeting us the answer to the question or like a new country album I haven't heard of because she wrote Kentucky Dash Bourbon and Horses. Like, if someone were to tell me, have you heard of the new album from Kentucky? Bourbon and horses? No, no, it's fired up. Let's yeah, Kevin Bacher said, "Shot man, <laughs> he's just upset. He's just a literally. Said, this is his tweet. Yeah. This is his response. We said you want to redesign your state flag with some things that'll be very specific to your state." He said, "Literally, someone cutting off their nose to spite their face is their state flag because that's the official policy of the entire rest of the state of Pennsylvania toward its largest city." Pray for my strength in the Lord, y'all. He just he's not having it. He, he's wow. not happy. He needs Very some specific. <laughs> yeah, that seems like yeah. he's going to yeah. spend some time in Kentucky and have some bourbon and hang out with horses and just take That's the edge right. off. I mean, cheese and beer yeah, too. Wisconsin. Yeah, there's a, those those states seem super chill. All, it's it's an East Coast thing, I think. East Coast, we got Boston b- literally bullying people on yeah. the flag. We have Florida doing something wild and reckless for everyone to see. The R-rated Virginia, you know. We we the got R-rated we got Virginia. somebody yeah. cutting off their nose despite their face in Pennsylvania. You you, you go about three hundred miles west, and they're just like, I don't know. We got bourbon, horses, cheese, and beer. <laughs> just kind of kind of doing our thing. <laughs> all right. Oh, well, there, there's a lot more where that trouble. came from. We appreciate just, all y'all's replies. Okay, it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Hey. All right. Well, at the beginning of the show, we got talking about melting runways and cold milk baths as ways to uh, beat the heat. We want to know your way to beat the heat. And don't just say go in the air conditioning. Let's assume you're living on the West Coast or in Paris where they don't have air conditioning because it doesn't get very hot. So what should Tyler do (laughs) to beat the heat in his suffocatingly hot Parisian apartment? Uh, Hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast or you can reply on IG as well when we post it in our stories. Okay, before we wrap things up, I want to uh, give a couple updates. First of all, I want to thank John Darniel for joining us today. Don't forget to check out our full conversation with him in the newest issue of Relevant. It's available right now uh, for free. Just click the magazine at relevantmagazine.com. It's presented by World Vision. Make sure to check out their amazing work. Uh, you'll also see features with the likes of John Favreau, James Vincent McMorrow, Rain Wilson, uh, Maverick City Music's Naomi Rain, and a lot more. Go check it out. Uh, also, if you are a Relevant Plus subscriber, you get an enhanced, ad-free, beautifully designed uh, version of the issue. And it's available for your download now in your dashboard at... Uh, relevantmagazine.com. If you haven't signed up for Relevant Plus, uh, it is a great way to experience all that we produce. You get unlimited ad-free reading at relevantmagazine.com. You get this podcast released early and also ad-free. You get an exclusive um, subscriber podcast uh, every week. You also get, uh, like I mentioned, an enhanced, beautiful edition of our digital issue. And plans start as low as $250 a month. Uh, We also drop exclusives and other things uh, throughout the month, throughout the year as well so make sure to check it out relevant plus it's a great option for experiencing our content ad free also if you like the music on this show check out our spotify playlist we've got not only the heard on the relevant podcast playlist but we have relevant worship and indie and hip-hop we're adding to them every week and uh it's a you know good background music for your work day go check it out 
And uh, make sure that relevantmagazine.com is part of your daily web browsing. We're publishing from morning to night every weekday over at relevantmagazine.com, covering the intersection of faith, life, culture, and justice like no one else. You don't want to miss a thing. Go check it out. Okay, on that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Geary. I'm Jamie Ivey. I'm Emily Brown. We'll see you next time. Have a great week, everyone. listening to the relevant podcast check out our features interviews and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com and make sure to follow relevant on facebook twitter and instagram for the latest for more great podcasts browse the shows on the relevant podcast network which you can find at our site and while you're there don't miss the all-new era of relevant magazine a new issue releases every other month at relevantmagazine.com Everyone on Earth, just drink insane amounts of milk and maybe we'll all get through this. Relevant Podcast Network.